give her a round of applause. Um, I just want to encourage you to uh, open your hearts um, to what the Lord is going to say through Angela this morning. And I just also want to endorse her. As I've got to know Angela, I know in the mornings we're all busy running around in church, but if you get to know Angela, she has got such a beautiful heart for people and the lost. And uh, yeah, I know it's going to be a great talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just, uh, let's just prepare ourselves by praying. So can you turn me down a little bit? It's a bit echoey and thank you. Uh, so let's just pray. Should we just stand together and um, let's just open our hearts to God. Father, we just want to thank you that you are a God who, who has called us to pray. It's not something that we learn, uh, but Father, it's a part of who we are in that relationship with you. So Father, give us a teachable spirit as we come before you now to understand more of what this means. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so take your seats. Great. Um, so I'm going to speak to you um, about prayer. Um, and the title of uh, this session is called, Why and How Do I Pray? And those might seem like two very strange uh, words to put together. Why and how do I pray? If I've become a Christian, then I must already know how to pray. If you're a new Christian, you might be asking yourself the question, um, why do I pray? And there's a, a passage in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6 that says, and when you pray. So that's how it starts. It starts by saying, and when you pray. So Jesus presumes, believes, his character, the way he's telling us, he's already telling us that prayer is a part of who we are. It says, and when you pray. So that's what Jesus says. That's his starting point. He get, then goes on to say, truly I tell you that you have received your reward in full. So he tells us that when we pray, we receive a reward. And we're going to look more at what that might be in a minute. Praying is not an option. It's not something that we do instead of that we might do. If, when you meet somebody, whether it's somebody who's going to be a friend or somebody in a relationship with you, somebody you might live with, you would never meet that person and say to them, okay, it's really nice to meet you, but I just want to say that we're actually not going to talk to each other and we're going to live in the same house. In fact, I'll even marry you, but we're not actually going to communicate. That's what it would be like to have... A Christian faith without praying. Praying is actually a part of what we, it's our communication with God. So it's essential that we do it. So, why do we pray? So every time I put my hands out like this, I want you to shout out, why do we pray? Because Jesus did. Jesus prayed. We pray because Jesus did. Jesus doesn't ask us to do things that he wasn't already doing. In fact, what he actually says was greater things. So if you imagine all the things that Jesus did in the Bible, praying was one of them, but he says that we're going to do even greater. That's how he describes us as human beings on the earth. He says that I pray, so you pray. It's just a done deal. Jesus didn't have a lifestyle that said, do what I do. Do what I say and not what I do. If you're a parent, you might say that occasionally. I heard somebody on a bus and uh, the child swore and uh, the parent said, you mustn't swear. And the child said, but you swear. And the parent said, do what I say and not what I do. It doesn't work. 
70% of what we learn is by what we see, not by what we hear. So Jesus said, I'm going to teach you by doing what I believe is the best for us. So what we can learn is by what we see Jesus do. He didn't just talk about the stuff, he actually did it. So we pray because Jesus did. I'm impressed, you've remembered already. A bit more enthusiasm though. Because it develops our relationship. As I said, you cannot have a relationship with somebody that you never talk to. I've heard people talk about having long-distance relationships. They have a boyfriend who's living in Australia, and this is before you could Skype and all these other things. And we talk to each other over the phone, and, we do, and it all starts off, and it's really, really good. Uh, or I, meet, I, I work with guys in prison, and they say, yeah, my, my, um, my girlfriend is going to be faithful to me. She's going to stick with me. And then they get a life sentence of 15 years but she's going to wait for me and uh, and then a few weeks later they come back and say well I'm not sure if she's going to wait and now I'm thinking how could I make her wait 15 years especially when they get saved and they know that sex out of marriage isn't an option so then they're saying well if, if, my, if she's become a Christian then what happens actually prayer is about relationship we have a relationship and that's what prayer does. Prayer is us communicating with God. It's having a relationship. It's saying to God, I'm talking to you. I'm listening to you. We are building our relationship. That goes from strength to strength. As you know, the people that you talk to the most are the ones that know you the best, aren't they? If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you avoid the people who know you best. Don't you? And we do that with God sometimes. But God says to us, don't don't deprive yourself of that relationship with me. Pray. To be in his presence. I don't know how many of you have been in love. Put your hand up if you've been in love or are in love. Do you remember? Hopefully couples are both putting their hand up. And not <laughs> a bit worrying if one person just... Uh, a few conversations after church. Um, <laughs> So hopefully you're both in love with each other, and each other, of course. And, uh, and do you remember those times when uh, they would, you were going to meet, and you would make a lot of effort about what you're going to wear, and nobody, when they're going to first meet that person they've fallen in love with, is opening the wardrobe and thinking, right, let me find the grungiest, let me make sure my hair is a mess, because I want them to see me at my worst. Did anybody do that? No. So we want to look our best, but we actually want to be with them. And do you remember that call when they said, oh, I'm really sorry, I've got to work late. And you were going, oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> they put their work over me. Yeah. That should be our relationship with God. We should want to be in God's presence. We should have a desire in us that says, I want to pray because I want to be in God's presence. We actually can pray all the time. I'm praying whenever. But there's something about saying, I am going to be in your presence. There's a big difference between your partner saying to you, let's go to a party. And every time you're with them, it's in a public place. That's very, very different to someone saying to you, I'm picking you up at seven to take you out for dinner. There's a big difference, isn't there? We should want to be in God's presence. And to be in God's presence, you have to pray. You have to. There's no other way of doing it. We need to spend time with God being in his presence. When I was younger, I always wanted to be with my mum. And 
I don't know why, but I did. I always wanted to be with her. She would work nights, and I remember sitting on the stairs and crying as she was going out the door and saying, please let me come with you, please. And even when I went with her to work, it was terrible because it was dark, it was cold. It wasn't for children. She was doing her job. So I'd have to sit at her desk, and I'd be falling asleep on the desk, and I was cold, and she wouldn't feed me, I guess because she wanted me to hate being there. Or maybe she just didn't want to feed me, I don't know. But it was, it was a horrible experience. And yet every single time, I just wanted to be with her until she got saved. And then at night, she wanted to go to prayer meetings. And then I wasn't so all-night prayer meetings. It's all right, Mum, you go. <laughs> but she made me go to those, though. And I would go to those prayer meetings as a child. And exactly the same thing. It was cold. Why is it that at night prayer meetings, they don't have the heating on? It's cold, and there's no food. The chairs are hard. And I would be there and think, I'm a child. I should be at home. And my mum would be at the prayer meeting, and her priority was being in the presence of God, not her daughter. And every time we left the prayer meeting, I would get home and think, wow, that was amazing. Isn't that incredible? That as a child, I would get home from an all-night prayer meeting and say, wow, that was amazing. I've just been in the presence of God. So we should pray because we want to be in the presence of God. This isn't something for somebody else. This is God's choice for you. The presence of God is God's choice for you. I'm really impressed. Because it brings us peace. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, it being, being prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ. It is hard to believe that when we pray, we have peace. But I can tell you that's exactly what happens. That doesn't mean that the circumstances around you have changed. You can be amidst a volcano erupting, but when you pray, there is a sense of peace. I've heard testimonies from people who were in the tsunami and said when they prayed, they had peace. It doesn't change the circumstances necessarily, but it changes us. We need to pray to have peace. It's a part of what God asks us to do. He doesn't want us to be anxious and to focus on the problem. He wants us to come to him and say, God, this isn't going to change. Actually, I've got to work with this woman every single day. You're not removing her from my workplace. So I just need to put up and shut up and pray. We need peace. We can have circumstances and situations that happen in our lives and think, God, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not working. And God says, have you prayed about it? No, but I need you to do something. But have you brought it to me? So there's a big difference between let me just shout and scream and complain to God and let me just pray. God, give me peace. Give me peace in this situation. That's what the Bible says. 
I went to see a, an elderly lady who was in our church, and um, her husband was there, and the uh, doctor came. We had a lot of consultants who came around the bed at that time because they couldn't quite work out what was wrong, but they did come, and they said that she was going to die. And so we were there as well. The husband was a Christian, and we were Christians, and uh, so he said, came, and he said, so this is just to tell you that this is it. This is uh, to prepare yourselves. And so we looked to him, and we said, thank you very much. We can see you're very high up. You know, they always have a sort of have an entourage somehow of people that because they had all these people with him and all the badges, the lanyards he had on, we thought he's obviously very important. And we said, thank you for what you've said. Actually, we're Christians, so we're going to pray. And he said, well, let me just tell you this. He said, do you know that a lot of research has been done into people who pray for people who are sick or dying? And he said, do you know that the evidence says that not, not more people live who are prayed for than people who die. He said, so the evidence shows that actually there's no evidence that shows prayer, that more people survive when they're prayed for. So I looked at him and I said, and what's your point? <laughs> what was his point? There might be lots of research. Does that mean that my God can't bring someone back from the dead? I don't think so. Is he relevant? His research, was he relevant? Because actually, I am called to pray. I am called to have peace. And I am called to bring things before God. What God does is what God does. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm not called to question God or ask God to give me an agenda or tell me which ones I should pray for because they're going to survive because that looks better on the case studies. Can you imagine? God, can you show me which ones are going to survive so that I can just pray for those ones and not waste my time praying for the ones that are not going to... What a world. It's irrelevant. I don't serve a God like that. I serve a God who's told me I need to pray. So I need to pray. Does God always answer our prayers? Just look at somebody and ask them that question. Does God always answer your prayers? A few, uh, a few doubt, worries there. <clears throat> Actually, <laughs> yeah, and that's some very interesting prayers, and we're going to talk about those. Actually, the answer is, actually, the answer is yes. God does always answer our prayers. He doesn't actually answer them necessarily in the way that we want. But actually, God does always answer our prayers. And sometimes we're praying things that are outside of God's character. You can't go into your exam and say, Lord, please, can you make Turkey the capital of Paris? Because that's the only answer I know. It's not going to happen. God is not going to move countries and cities just so that you can get 90% on your scores. We can't ask God to do things that are out of his character. God, could you just wipe out all of my enemies so that I can go to work and not be aggressive anymore? <laughs> Actually, I'm leaving those people in your workplace because you're aggressive and you need to change. We kind of miss what it is. So yes, God does always answer our prayers, but not in the way that we want necessarily. Are there things that can stop our prayers being effective? There are. So this is our new one. I want you to shout out. 
Are there things that can stop our prayers being effective? Let's have a practice. Practice. Yes, unconfessed sin. Yes, one of those things we don't really like to talk about. We like to keep our sins private, undercover. It's just, it's just me and God. I'm coming to church. I'm praising the Lord. Everything's good. Don't really want to talk about the stuff that I'm not changing or that I keep doing. Unconfessed sin can stop our prayers being answered. The Lord's Prayer is really interesting. Can we get it up on the screen, please? The Lord's Prayer says some very interesting words in it, and, and this is a really good basis for our prayer. We got it? It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who um, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, very interesting prayer we have there. And does it, how many people know that prayer? Matthew 6, 9. How many people know the Lord's Prayer? Even in, in school, you had to say it sometimes. If you're, if you're old like me, uh, you had to say it at school. And, uh, and can we have the next bit? Can you, can you get it all up or not? Yeah, okay. So, but what we like to do is we like to stop at that verse that says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's where we stop. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the New Testament, actually, the way the pages are laid out in the chapters and the verses has been done for our benefit. So the words are right, you know, everything as it is is correct, but actually dividing it into chapters and verses has been done for our benefit. Because if I told you, if there were no page numbers, and I said to you, right, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, can you turn in your Bible 677 pages, please, and then you'll find it. We'll be here a long time, wouldn't we? Yeah. So we have page numbers and chapters and verses for our benefit to help us find places in the Bible. And for some reason, we've decided that we like the Lord's Prayer up to this bit. And I wonder why that is. What does it say next? We don't even want to say it out loud. <laughs> it says... For if you forgive other people when, you sin, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Guess what? That's part of the same prayer. Bit of silence. It's part of the same prayer. The same prayer says, Lord, provide for me. Lord, I love you. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're wonderful. And in the same prayer, it says that I need to go before God and say, Lord, actually, I need to, I need to ask you to forgive me. And I need to ask these people to forgive me for what I've done to them. It's part of the same prayer. So our unconfessed sin can can stop our prayers being effective, being answered. I wonder if you remember what to shout out. Well, you got a shout out? Too long. Well done. That was well read off your phone. <laughs> Still look good, though. Are there things that can stop our prayers being answered? Yes. Rebellion against God. Look at someone and say, are you ever rebellious? I know it's hard to believe. Nobody in here is. Psalm 66, verse 18. 
It says, if, you, if I cherish, cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not, have, not, would not have heard me. If I choose to be rebellious against God, the Lord would not have heard me. Yes, Lord, you're telling me to go to Zimbabwe for three months on a mission. Well, I'm not going. So I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. But oh, this is where I went. I'm going to pray about everything else. But I'm not even going to pray about it. I'm not even. Somebody said to me the other day. I said to them, "Are you going to refresh?" And they said, "No, I'm not going." And I said, "Oh, okay. Have you prayed about it?" And they said, "No, I'm not praying about it." <laughs> and I said, "Why aren't you praying about it?" Because I don't want to go. <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it? If you don't want to know what God thinks, then don't ask Him. A friend said to me, can you, start, can you pray with me about this guy? Because it's not, I don't know, it's not, I need someone to pray with me. And I said, you don't want me to pray. You need to go and ask somebody else. And she said, no, no, I'm asking you because I trust you. I said, but you don't want me to pray because you know, whatever I hear God tell you, I'm just going to tell you. So whatever it is, I'm going to tell you. So she said, no, no, that's why I'm asking you because I'm in it and I'm all gooey and you know how people are. And uh, I said, okay then. So I prayed and so I met with her and I said, um, well, you know the Lord told you to split up, so you know that already. Um, but also the Lord's told you to stop driving by his house. <laughs> and also the Lord said that you need to stop praying for him 24-7. And she said, but why? Why would God say that? And she just began to weep. And I said, I don't know, because usually you would pray about something, pray about somebody like that. But I said, you know what? I really feel the Lord is saying, you need to stop praying for him, and you definitely need to stop driving by his house. So she said, yeah, I am driving by his house, and yes, I am praying. And do you know, and, she, and all the time she was praying, she didn't have peace about it. You know that the, the day that she she did what God told her to do. She stopped praying. You know, I saw her the next week. She looked completely different. She looked like a completely different person. She had absolute peace about that relationship. Absolute peace. And then a few years later, God brought her a wonderful husband. Isn't God good? But don't be in rebellion against God. Because if you're being rebellious against God, that can block your prayers. Go on, reader. Thank you. <laughs> praying with the wrong motives. James 4, 2 to 3. I just heard Lindsay say she was praying for a Lamborghini. She can't understand why God hasn't given it to her. There you are. There's the answer right there. Praying with the wrong motives. You know what? God knows our heart, and he wants us to come to him with the, with the right heart. Now, what's challenging is, is that sometimes we aren't really sure, are we? Sometimes we're praying for something, but we're not really sure, is this, is this the right thing or not? Well, then we should just go to God or we go to somebody else. Can you pray as well? Because I'm just not sure. I think this is what God wants me to have, but I'm not sure. I'm praying and praying and praying about this thing, but am I praying the wrong thing? So ask somebody, go before God, Lord, this is what I'm going to pray about, but is it the right thing? Should I be praying this? Praying with the wrong motives. As I said before, praying for God to annihilate all the bad people in your life because it's inconvenient. God's put them there for a reason. A friend of mine um, hated his wife because she loved God. He would in, eventually, he used to swear, to her every, uh, swear at her every Sunday because he knew that that set her off. And uh, 
eventually he said to her, you need to take your bed and move it into the church because you love God more than you love me. She was very good though. Why? She didn't say yes, that's true. But she, she, she just said, she just left. But God was training her too. Interestingly, he had a, a very bad asthma attack and ended up in hospital and he didn't tell anybody, but while he was laying there, he said to God, God, if you get me off this bed, if you sort my asthma out, I will give my life to you and I will go to church. Well, what do you think happened? He's been a Christian for over 30 years. We have to watch what we comes out of our mouth, don't we? Because when we make commitments to God, when we pray, when we say things to God... We can be held to that. We're held accountable to that. He knew when he was well, the first place he needed to go was church. He knew it. Even though he was angry and rebellious and he's made a vow to God that he would do something. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Sometimes we're praying for things and they're just wrong. It's just wrong. Lord, I thank you for that six foot five man that you have chosen for me that has been anointed by you for me, who earns 90,000 a year. (laughs) Lovely prayer, but wrong. (laughs) Sometimes our prayers are wrong. Sometimes we're hearing wrong. I have another friend who was praying that God would provide for him to go on mission. He prayed and prayed and prayed. He got 80% of the money in and the money stopped. And he said, Lord, why has the money stopped? And he kept going before God. Why has the money stopped? This is where you told me to go. And God said to him, I never told you to go. It's not, it's not good to go. You could go. It's great. But I want you to wait here where you are. But why, Lord? But why, Lord? Why? Because God sent his wife. And if he hadn't stayed there for that, that mission where in his city that he was in, he would not have met her because she flew from England to South Africa for that course and went back. And right there then, he was to meet his wife. Are our prayers the right prayers? Are we hearing God right? Is that what he actually said? How do we pray? We just had it up there, the Lord's Prayer. It's the perfect prayer. It's what Jesus gave us. And we follow those steps. Father, I glorify your name. I acknowledge you as my Lord and King. But part of that prayer, as we heard, was not just about God meeting our needs, but also it was about us confessing before the Lord. I love Peter. How many of you read about Peter in the Bible? Peter is just wonderful because he has no problem putting his foot in his mouth. I just love the way how he does things that we often think about. I don't know if you're around people like that, but there are often people I'm around who they do the thing or they say the thing that I just think, yeah, I was thinking the same, but you can look silly and I won't. Peter is one of those people. And Jesus came to a point when he was going to wash the disciples' feet. Imagine Jesus washing people's feet, the king of kings washing people's feet. And he had them all there ready to wash their feet. And when he went to wash their feet, Peter says, Oh, no, Lord, you mustn't wash my feet. I am, I, you are the king of kings and I am unworthy and you mustn't wash my feet. And Jesus says, No, 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 no. I am supposed to wash your feet. I'm teaching you something. And Peter says, Well, then if you just don't just wash my feet, you may as well do my hands and my body. Can you imagine? Imagine, I can't even, I'm reading it and thinking, who says that to Jesus? Who says to Jesus, well, come on, if you're going to do my feet, you may as well do, you know, run under my arms and my, who says that to Jesus? That's exactly what he said. He said to Jesus, well, Jesus, do all of me. 
And this is Jesus' response. He says, uh, let me find the exact verse. He said, uh, Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Jesus, uh, then Peter, Simon Peter says, Lord, wash all of me. And then Jesus answered him saying, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, because he was talking about Judas. What Jesus was saying was, was that You've already had a bath and a wash, but your feet are dirty because you wear those lovely sandals and you're walking in the dust. That happens to us on a daily basis. How many of you have had a dream that you woke up and thought, where did that come from? That was weird. That was scary. That was nasty. Do you know things happen to us all day in the night that cause us to be dirty? And so we need to pray. Praying is like Jesus washing our feet. Look at somebody and say, praying is like Jesus washing your feet. If you've become a Christian, you have already been cleansed. We don't come every day before God and say, Lord, I strip myself before you and I want you to cleanse me. And we don't have to give our life to Christ every single time we come before him. When you've given your life to Christ, you've given your life to Christ. The guys in prison, whenever we have an altar call in prison, they always come, I want to do it again. You don't need to do it again. They just want to make sure that their their name is in the book. Their name is in the book. You're going to heaven. You don't need to do it again. We don't have to do it again, but actually we do get dirty feet. So every day when we wake up, we should be saying, if you can, it's a good time of the day, before you start your day, or at the end of the day, Lord, my feet have got dirty today. I listened to some conversations that I shouldn't have listened to. I joined in some things. There was a time that I should have spoken to that person and I didn't. Father, I want you to cleanse me. I want to start afresh with you. I want, you to, I want my feet to be washed so that when I go into this day, I am walking it new with you. That requires relationship. We can't just presume that Jesus washes us because actually, you know what? He doesn't. He washes us because we've come to him and said, Lord, I'm in a relationship with you and I've got a bit dirty. And we don't have to wait to the end of the day or the beginning of the day. We can do that at any time. Sometimes I'm speaking to people and I'm thinking, this conversation isn't good. I need to get out of it before I need to just start praying. And I would just start praying while I'm listening. If you can multitask, if you're a woman, that's great. If you're a man, you might need to separate yourself. And yeah, so. Men and women, we can multitask. We can pray at the same time as being in a situation or seeing something or something's going to happen. We can multitask. We can pray. So we need to set time set time aside with God. Time when we're saying, Lord, this is me and you. I'm in a relationship with you and I need to pray. And we can pray anywhere. There was a martini ad, which I know none of you can relate to because you're too young. But there was a martini ad that said, any time, any place, anywhere. Be honest, who remembers that ad? It went, any time, any... Right, me and Roger, we're about this. Okay, only old people in church today. Uh, There was a martini ad that said, any time, any place, anywhere. That's ridiculous. You can't drink martini while you... I mean, it's just ridiculous. But that ad was very popular. Any time, any place, anywhere. You can drink a martini. You know what? Any time, any place, anywhere, you can pray. Any time, any place, anywhere, you can reach out to God and say, God, here I am. Any time, any place, anywhere, we can say, Lord, my foot is aching. Can you heal me? What? I don't have to wait till Sunday? 
Yes, any time, any place, anywhere. Any time, any place, anywhere. When you have just bowed-mouthed somebody, you can say, Lord, forgive me for what I just said, but also make an opportunity for me to make that right with somebody. God says prayer is relationship any time, any place, anywhere. And he's given us the perfect model for prayer. If God wants you to have a Lamborghini, Lindsay, you will have one. Why? Because he loves us. Because he's got good gifts for our children. Someone came to me and they said, Angela, whenever you pray, your prayers get answered. I know they just happen to see those kind of prayers, I guess. But that's not the case. They said, why don't you pray for the lottery numbers? Because God always answers your prayers. I thought that was quite good. And I said, well, there's lots of reasons why I don't. But the main reason is because God, would kn- God knows me and he knows what kind of person I might become if I had a few million pounds. So I think it's best that I leave it to him and he just supplies when I need it. The things that you're asking God for, actually, if you go to God and say, God, is that actually the best for me? You know what? He'll answer you. He will answer you. He will say, no. No. Or yes, or not yet. We need to come to God at the right time. Just bring it before God and say, I really want to do this. Actually, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. I know somebody who prayed for a car. They prayed for a beautiful car. And they were praying for that car. God gave them the car. And God said, I've given you that car. But you know what? It's not for you. It's for so-and-so. And they had to give the car to someone else. Isn't that a good check on our motives? I thought that was fantastic. God checking our motives. What reason do I really want this? Whatever God blesses me with, can I give it? And God changes our character. I want you to think of all the time that you've been praying. There are some people here today who have actually stopped praying for something because they haven't seen the answer. Let me tell you, you need to start praying for it. Because you know what? God is teaching you all the time through that praying. And I'm just going to end with this. Um, When I got saved, I got saved at 12, and when I got saved, um, I said to God, I will do anything for you, but I won't be like one of those missionaries who have to go to countries and drink tea that looks like we. So you can ask me to do anything, but I'm not doing that. So, of course, I became a missionary, and I didn't have to go anywhere. God was gracious because I like my tea. And he kept me in the UK, but I was living by faith, which is the other thing I said to God. I can't do that no-money business. So I was living by faith, and uh, God... Uh, gave me a car and he said that was to use it for him so I was using the car for God and so I always had to pray about everything because I had no money so everything my food everything I had to pray for literally everything and the car insurance was due and so I was before the Lord in prayer father you know the car insurance is due I'm living by faith I'm not telling anybody about it because you've always come through and you know I was praying for that whole week and I was driving the car with no insurance um And I was saying, Lord, you haven't provided, and this is your fault because you gave me the car and you told me to. to, to, So, all the things, all the rubbish, and I was doing all of this with God for a whole week. I didn't tell anybody. And uh, I went to work one day, and there was an envelope in my tray with a little picture of an angel on it. So, this was a whole week later. I opened the envelope, and in the envelope was something like £137.23. And I mean, it was that specific. So I was thinking, what? That's the insurance money. Anyway, so I said to God, That's I mean, it was incredible. It was so spot on, down to the last pence. Wow, God, giving glory to God. And then I was saying to God, but you know, God, I was still driving illegally for a week, and you know, that's down to you. And da, da, da. I opened the insurance documents. What day was the insurance due? The insurance was due that day. I'd read it wrong. 
So church, let me tell you, when you're praying, make sure you know what you're praying. (laughs) Because do you know what lesson I learned there? Is that all the time that I was grumbling and not focusing on what God was saying, I was missing that blessing that could have been a blessing for that whole week. And church, there are some of you that have stopped praying for things. Or you think, I don't even want to start praying for that because I haven't even seen this little thing. So why would God do this big thing? Let me tell you that God answers prayers. And if you stop praying for something or you aren't praying for something, or if you're a new Christian and you haven't even begun to start saying, God, this is about me and and I don't know, it's not nice, it's ugly. Can you change it, God? I've seen whole, I've seen people's characters transform because they've committed who they are to God. Things about them, people have said, that can't be them. Were they really like that? Yeah, they were, but God changed them because they came in. So what I want to encourage you is to pray. I want to encourage you to say, Lord, I've got whole books at home, and I am not exaggerating. I have whole books at home full of prayers that have been answered by God. I want to encourage you to pray because God answers prayers. Okay, we're going to go into our small groups. So you should already have the number of your small